0: Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I'm your host, Winston Wittes, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is what are flow states in psychology and how might they alter our sense of time, place, and self? What are flow states in psychology and how might they alter our sense of time, place and self and this question brought to us today by vincent paisano vincent thank you so much for this fabulous fabulous question i love it and i am not a psychologist and i do not have a degree in psychology i did study psychology as much as i possibly could in college and in high school just for fun i uh, took a couple courses in junior college and in um four-year college But I uh, just want to be clear, I'm not a psychologist. I don't have any kind of certifications or qualifications to speak about psychology. I'm going to take a quick sip of my drink. Excuse me. All right. So, psychology, there's a famous book about flow written by Mikhail Michele. And he's got a complicated last name. I don't want to butcher his name. But a fantastic book. He did lots. Uh, it's probably the most famous, most one of the most important books ever written about flow. Because he studied it so deeply and got all the, the science part figured out. Did all the tracking and studying of it in a very scientific way and was able to to capture lots of very important information about flow states so the approach that I'm taking here and then I'm going to share with you is it's the same experience it's just without all the scientific information so it's a little m- bit more subjective perhaps and When we think of time and place and self, it's often unconscious, the way that we think of ourselves. We have an identity, a core identity, and that operates at the subconscious level. It's the part of us that does not think about the thing so much as it just acts based on certain assumptions. And it affects and influences the way that we make decisions and the way that we see ourselves. And the way that we see ourselves impacts, impacts the way that we make decisions. For example, if I have the core belief system, the underlying belief system that I can do anything, I've got a positive mental attitude, let's say, in general. it's a, I, I can do anything I set my mind to. I can accomplish great things. I stick with my goals. I work hard. And, and let's say I have that running as a program in my unconscious mind. My core belief system believes that. Well, then the way I go out into the world is going to be running with those assumptions, running underneath. So, if somebody's then, you know, I'm walking through my day, and I've got that as my core belief system, and I'm walking through my day, and somebody comes by and says, hey, can you um, parallel park this car over in that spot? And my core belief system's like, I can do anything I put my mind to. That's my automatic belief system, right? Then I'd be like, yeah, of course I can. No problem. Here, let me have at it. And then I'd go for it. Whether I did it on my first try or not would be, depending on my skill, but but I'd at least have the belief that I could figure it out and make it happen. And so I'd go for it. If I if my underlying core belief system was that I'm a failure and I never succeed and you know, things are easy for everybody else but not for me, then if that same person come along and said, Hey, I need help parking my car, can you parallel park my car? I'd be like, No, you should find somebody else who's more skilled or no, you can do it better than me. Right? Do you see how that underlying belief system can influence decisions and the way we approach the world okay so when we get into a flow state we're not thinking about this kind of stuff we're not letting the core belief system run us because we are already doing the thing in a sense now it could prevent us from getting into a flow state But in this particular example, we're looking at how do we, how does a flow state alter these things? So I would say that a flow state can help us lose track of our sense of self. That's one of the beauties of it. Our sense of self is in many ways limiting. Even if we have a positive, expansive view of self. Well, it depends. I'd say that there is a spectrum, a spectrum of self. On the one far extreme version of self, it is the very small I am. I am this body here and now. I am a parent. I am a husband. I am a man. I am a consultant, I am a blogger, I am a podcaster, these things, these labels that I'm putting on myself that I believe are me, that I identify with, my ego identifies with these things, that's how I know it's me. If somebody was like, okay, I'm describing a person that we know, who is it, and they start listing things like, oh, it's a a woman, immediately my ego would know, oh, well, it's not me right, and or oh, it's, oh, this person is, um you know, within this age range, it's like, oh, I can identify with that, or I can unidentify with that, I can identify with the opposite of that, right, so my ego, and it, um, when I say ego, it's not necessarily in a bad way, it's often used in a bad way, but it's also important, it serves certain functions in, in our society and in our lives, so it's, it's important, but it also is limiting because it's it's identifying with certain things. It's uh, and by doing by identifying with certain things, it's also saying, "and I'm not those other things." Right? It's saying I am a man, and therefore I am not a woman. Right? And although we could get all into gender issues and whatnot, we're not going to. But you could also identify anywhere along the spectrum. Right? Of gender. And that's that's a, kind of a different topic. But as far as awareness of self and expansiveness of self, some people are very self-centered, right? It's all about me. It's all about me, 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 me. I don't even know that there is a you because it's more about how do you serve me? How are you important to me? How can I use you for my purposes and my gain? That would be kind of the self-centered, small, ego-minded, person that's, all. I mean, they could have a huge ego uh, in that way. But as far as awareness of self and larger versions of self, there, we could say maybe for this demonstration that their sense of self is very small and limited to the individual self, whereas some people are more family-oriented or very family-oriented. And so even though they're an individual, they identify more with family. Oh, I'm the, oh yeah, I'm the brother of so-and-so. I'm the son of so-and-so. I'm the father of so-and-so. Oh yeah, I'm, the, uh, I'm my last, I'm a Jones. I'm a Smith. Oh, you Whatever. You know, being, having and identifying strongly with that family bond. Or it could be a community bond, right? Oh, I'm, a, or a religious bond. I'm a, you know, fill-in-the-blank religion. I'm a Christian. I'm a Muslim. I'm a um, Jew. I'm uh you know, whatever, right? I could identify most strongly with any of those things, and that could be more important to me. I could identify more at that level than with my own self. People who, are, you know, we have brave men and women out there, soldiers, and some of them probably, I would guess, identify with that larger label of um to a certain degree of course we still have all, all, you know have our individual sense of self many of us but with oh i'm an army brat i'm in um you know in the navy i'm in the whatever they might some people might identify more with that larger group right or oh, i'm a i'm an elk i'm a uh rotary member so people identify differently. We all have our different ways that we identify. I'm part of the conscious community. I'm part of the, um, you know, this biker gang. Part of this dance crew. I'm a, a Gobert. You know, like an alma mater. So these different ways that we identify with self within that spectrum I've just identified. Nope, I'm a lone wolf. I'm a solo entrepreneur. I'm a, and that's you know, for me personally that's something that I more more identify with. Like I'm a lone solo entrepreneur, work primarily on my own. And that's an identity that I've really had to work on because it's limiting. It's limiting as far as how fast I can move my business. If I'm trying to do everything on my own all the time then I'm I'm the bottleneck, right? I can only do so many things. I need help at some point. So I need a team. And if I could, as I get better and as I've gotten better at recognizing myself as a part of a team, I've been able to let go of the reins of some of these things and allow other people to do it. And it doesn't have to hurt my ego because I'm unless I'm clinging, unless my ego is clinging, which it does, To this identity of being this lone wolf right this lone entrepreneur and then at the other end of the spectrum I would say is somebody who's more identified with the universe the grand scheme of things God um the infinite right and at a certain level the ego can't the ego has to let go there's the depth of the ego at this level at the at the most extreme level we become unaware of our physical small self the ego self and we become more aware more in tune with and conscious of everything around us and or just any everything and anything and so if you've ever done any kind of meditation Or even if you're just going to sleep sometimes, maybe you've experienced where you're thinking and the mind's racing and the monkey mind is chattering and you're trying to quiet it down and maybe it just does and then kind of slips off and before you know it, total silence. And then boom, maybe it starts talking and you kind of wake back up and it's like, oh, whoa, I fell asleep there for a moment. You're kind of out of it. You're in between states maybe. Have you ever had that experience of being in between waking and sleeping states? How does it feel? How do you feel? Where are you in this equation? Are you the body laying in your bed? Are you the restless mind, the chatter monkey? What about when that quiets down and you're still there? Are you still there? How could you tell? What part is aware that you're still there? It gets a little bit interesting at this point. So, in my personal experiences, getting into those higher levels of meditation, I suddenly have become aware of everything, of of everything, the universe, as kind of part of me. So, I've lost sense of that small sense of self, and getting into a flow state, in my experience, can have that same effect. The self, identity with the self, takes a certain level of energy. I believe. it's the, It doesn't necessarily take a lot because it's, it's a program that's always running in the background, this core belief system that keeps us in our certain identity. It reminds us of who we think we are, who we are in this ego self, this personality that we've created or been born with slash created slash environment slash nurture nature, that whole thing. And so when we can get into a flow state, we're suddenly kind of breaking, or at least temporarily separating, the awareness with self to some degree. And with that, we're also breaking down all these other barriers of what that self thinks it is. So for time... people have different relationships to time time there's objective time which is a clock moving we can all watch it and it seems pretty steady we can watch the second hand tick by and it seems pretty consistent and steady and we would call that objective time clock time we can all watch the clock in different parts of the world and it can be pretty much synced up and the same And then we have subjective time, which is our personal experiences of time, and the way that you experience time could be very different than the way that I experience time. So for instance, let's say we're in school, and we're in math class, and you happen to love math, and so that one-hour math class just flies by for you. You're just solving math problems, you're getting deep into the ideas behind the math problems, and... Crunching numbers and digging in, and just, oh my gosh, it's already over. Oh man, too bad. Can't wait till the next one. Meanwhile, for me, struggling, I'm sweating bullets trying to figure out this math, crying practically. So I'm so stressed out and frustrated. When's this class going to be over? And I look at the clock. So it's only been five minutes. Gosh darn it. So, got 55 minutes to go. We're in the same class. The clock time, objective time is going the same rate through space and time. And yet, our experience, our individual experience of that clock time is very, very different. Based on what? Based on our attitudes? Based on our experience of... That time passing, if it's enjoyable, then it's probably going to seem to go by faster. If it's not enjoyable, then it's probably going to seem to go by slower. So again, what makes it enjoyable or not enjoyable it's my attitude toward it. Somebody who who loves math is going to have a much more positive attitude toward math, and somebody who does not love math is going to have more of a negative, and so it's going to feel less fun. So what if I don't like math, but I wanted to enjoy, I want to at least be able to get through class easier? I want to be able to get into some kind of flow state somehow, some way, if possible, doing these math prog- problems or doing math class. Maybe a little challenging in a math class situation because maybe I've got to keep up with the class and the class is moving at a pace that I can't keep up with. That would be very challenging, that would be very frustrating. And that would make time probably seem really super slow. I'd probably drag by, and I'd probably hate every minute of it. If, let's say, there wasn't a set number of math problems that I had to get to in the hour, I could de- determine on my own how many I want to get through, And but I knew I only had an hour to get through as many as I could before before class was out and the rest would be homework. Okay, well that might relieve some stress. If I knew I had to get through 50 math problems in an hour, that might stress me the heck out because I just knew that there would be no way I could do it. I just knew that was way beyond my level of skill. For you or for our other imaginary person in this exercise, maybe because they love math and they're just so excited, like, oh gosh, I could do these 50 in an hour. It's a great challenge for them. It's an exciting challenge they're pretty sure they can do it maybe even very confident but you know there's still that chance that maybe not and so it keeps their mind super engaged and they get instantly into flow and they're just solving math problems like a wizard and then there's me and I'm like gosh darn it but the teacher said you know it's okay if you don't finish here you can do it for homework and I'm like man I hate homework but at least I don't have to be stressed out for the next hour trying to get these all done so I say you know what I'm going to just try to do 10 of them in this hour. And I realize that, you know, as I'm going, I I start going and it's like, oh, well, you know what? This actually, these aren't quite that bad, okay? I, I did five of them in 10 minutes. So that means I should be able to do another five, another five minutes, another 10 minutes. So let's say 20 minutes, I could do 10 of them. Okay, so now I've kind of got a baseline. I've kind of got a a tempo that I can do these math problems at. I've got a relationship to time that involves my level of skill with this thing. So for me, I have the three steps of flow. That's the framework that I've developed for myself and that I teach and work with in my programs and books. And The three steps of flow use three important pieces, uses the level of skill that I have for the thing, the time factor, there's different ways we could use time, and the level of challenge. Those are the three variables that I can work with. So in this particular example, I'm able to, I can't influence the amount of time, I've got one hour. Well, I could, I could break it up, And I could look at the rate. So I've got now this one-hour box that I can work with it. It's one-hour time frame. But there's different ways I could divide it. And I could move at different speeds. So if I have 50 of them and I had to get all 50 done, I would know that I'd have approximately a minute and – yeah, go ahead, math person. However (laughs) much time I'd have if I wanted to divide it equally – Said 60, 60 problems all of a sudden. 60 problems I have to do. Oh, I have a minute per problem, right? So now I have one minute per problem. That's going to give me a nice tempo, a nice pace to work with. Now, see how this can start to apply to goal setting. Some next level, more meta version of this, but let's just stick with this program. So I've I've now I've got a minute to do each of these problems. Well that's actually probably gonna help me get into a nice flow state because now I can set my timer, maybe I can watch the clock a little bit more and I can see I'm gonna be fully engaged with time in the sense that I'm watching the clock, I know I've got one minute for each problem, that's gonna keep me at a nice steady pace. Ideally. Maybe it's too hard though, the level of challenge is too much. Well gosh, if I if I had to do 60 problems in an hour, but I I work at the rate of only, um, I can only do one every two minutes, I'm working at half the time, it's going to stress me out. My relation to time is going to be not a good one, because I'll be like, oh man, I'm behind, I'm just going to get further and further behind each problem, right? So my relation to time in that experience is going to be probably not a very good one. If I'm doing the math and I find out, oh, man, this is super easy, I can do this way quicker than one per minute, then my experience of time is going to be awesome because I'm going to be flowing through it. I'm going to be looking at the clock. I'm going to be ahead of time, and I'm going to know maybe in the back of my mind, like once I'm done, I can sit and play video games on my computer or whatever for the rest of the time. So I've got this positive feeling of time, and oh, it's just flying by. Oh, I crushed the math problems, and I'm done, and now I get to play on my game and get in flow state play my video game okay so getting into the flow state i can play with these different elements to find that perfect balance it's really in my experience and the way i like to think of it and describe it is a balance and if you can align these three elements your level of challenge or your level of skill versus the level of challenge and at the the perfect rate of time or speed or tempo that's where the flow state happens and the Time and in, time and space are synced up in our own with our own experience of it. So our experience of time and space is what we're kind of playing with in a sense. Because if we're too aware of it, then it's it drags. If we're not aware of it at all, it could fly by or drag, um, depending on on how we on a number of factors. It's subjective. But having these three things together is how we can kind of step outside space and time because the ego mind is strongly integrated with space and time with this space and time with this body's experience of space and time and the body is made up of material that is organic and or um, biological and so it's it is Made of materials, physical materials that are also part of this world, right? And therefore, ex- the body experiences space and time of this physical dimension. If you were to take your physical body and go up into outer space, your body would then be subject to a different, different laws of, uh, different gravity, right? And different time. Time passes differently in space, it's relative. So our body would be it grows or it, it gets the aging process slows down when you're in space right from from our perspective here on earth and so the physical body would age differently based on these different physical forces different gravitational forces and yet the mind it can be very connected and the ego and the subconscious and unconscious and core processing center of the mind the core belief system that's all deeply integrated right that's a deep integration hardwired so to speak in a sense in the physical body and in the mind But it can be rewired, the core belief system, if you know how. That's where things like self-hypnosis or hypnosis come in, right? Reprogramming the mind, the core belief system. And so when we're able to balance these things, the conscious mind, the ego mind, and the body, and the doing of the thing, Suddenly, the mind isn't so focused and aware of the current physical space time the objective time it can be it, it's It's kind of hard to describe, I guess, because you can use the objective time to get into a flow state that exists outside space and time. One of the best ways i've seen this described. And it may be a little hard to describe without the diagram, but when if you can imagine a an x or a y z type axis, you've got a grid right you've got vertical line and you've got a horizontal line, and that's a two dimensional graph. And when we are moving through space and time, in our physical body, in our general basic mind state, we may have varying degrees of awareness of time. Some of us are more naturally tuned in to clock time than others. Some of us have practiced becoming more in tune to clock time than others. My dad, you could ask him pretty much any time of the day what time is it, and even without a watch, he'll be able to tell you, and he's fairly accurate. Myself, on the other hand, if you ask me what time of day it is, I will probably not be nearly as accurate, because my relation to clock time is much looser, and it always has been. And... I've tried wearing watches and my grandfather certainly bought me watches to help me with this because it's pretty obvious to him, was obvious to him, that I had a very not good grip on time. I might be considered a space case because, or my feet weren't on the ground. I'm not grounded. I wasn't grounded, right? My head was in the clouds. So daydreaming or thinking of things that were not in my physical presence of now. I was thinking about things that were outside of this current space and time. So think about the phrase, head in the clouds. Floaty, right? Not grounded here in real physical objective earth time. Out in my mental imagination space time, I could be flying around the world, I could be in Mars. I could be doing any number of things that are not in my current now. And if I'm walking around like that all the time, my relation to this physical time space is going to be much looser than somebody who is more of a person who's very grounded and oriented in the here and now. So navigating this physical space time, the the reality that we, quote unquote, reality that I'm Talking about it's going to be maybe perhaps easier for the people who are oriented to this time space, this physical time space, and are more present to this physical time space. Whereas those of us who are maybe more spacey or more cerebral or intuitive, maybe, or you know, not maybe, and it could be by what's going on in the current moment, right? Some people are going to be naturally more in tune and grounded with things that are of interest to them here and now. Maybe somebody most of the time is a space case, but then they see tennis on TV and like all of a sudden they're totally focused. They love tennis and uh they could tell you, you know, how many seconds are left in the in in the round, which I know that doesn't make any sense, tennis people, I'm sorry. Um but they might be totally tuned in to everything about it. The the rhythm of the serve, the rhythm of the volley the points being given in, you know, they might just be so in tune in that whole thing, but other than that, they would be totally out to lunch, right? So it's subjective, and the mind has ways that it relates to these things, and if you can figure out for yourself what is your skill level at that particular thing, how can you use time or tempo or rate or frequency to to find that perfect speed that you can do the thing, but you don't have to think about it too much or too little. And then all of a sudden, the you are syncing yourself up with the doing of the thing as you are going and moving through space-time. So your subjective experience of time and space are now in perfect alignment with the time and frequency of the physical thing as you move through time space and so your sense of self becomes completely irrelevant your your sense of where you are maybe can can become irrelevant and that's going to depend too let's say i'm i'm skiing down the slopes And I am doing an advanced run, and there are moguls, those bumps on the ski slope. Well, in order to do those at a high level, I need to find a pace that I can do them at. If I go too fast, I'm going to crash and get hurt. If I go too slow, it's actually a ton of work, and I'm going to just be very kind of lumpy and like over one lump, over the next lump. But even at that level, I could get into a flow state. If I'm a beginner and I still want to do this run, yet it's very challenging, but I don't want to go too fast because then I'll be scared and stressed out. That's certainly not flowing. I could go very slow. I could find a nice pace. I'll go over one lump, over two lumps, over three lumps, over four lumps. And I could just do that all the way down the hill. I could just be in that nice, easy little groove. And then maybe I, but what happens, the question I get a lot is, what happens if I fall out of a flow state? Or if I miss it? Okay, let's let's say I'm going down this hill, and i am got one lump. And the second lump. Uh, uh-oh, boom, I got off of one, oh no, missed up. And now I'm in the fourth lump. And then the fifth lump. And then boom, oh, sixth lump, seventh lump, eighth lump, missed it, got, oh my gosh, going to crash, no, back on, back on lump. Got Back into my group, Yeah, it's still there. Found lump number squared, number 10, and then 11. Right? So I just get back into it. I've got this internal, internal, eternal flow at this pace that I can hit and get back into. If I fall off, I just get right back into it. That's the beauty of the flow. It's still going. It's still there. If I can tap into that pace at which I can attack it. Now, let's say that I'm more advanced. That little boring pace, that kiddie pace is going to get pretty boring, and I'm going to get impatient. Do you ever – so what if, I'm, if I've am if i been skiing for 20 years, and I'm a pro, and I'm awesome, and now I'm bringing my kid out, and my kid's brand new, and he's stopping every two seconds. He doesn't have a flow going because he stops and thinks about every one. His mind is jumping in like, oh, boy, don't do this. You're going to crash. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. There's this. Oh, stop. Okay, that's not flowing. That's frustrating. Right, the the mind is the monkey mind's freaking out, but that can also be valuable, right? Because it can prevent me or him from doing something that could hurt us. So it serves a valid, important point. Okay, that's that's important too. The ego is not all bad, right? It serves important things. Ego is the enemy. I get it. I know, but it also has some important functions in certain situations. So let's say that I'm the par- I'm the parent. I've been doing this for 20 years. I could I could hit. So for me. The level of challenge is, in a sense, objective, right? If we're going down the same exact path, we're going down the same trail, and we're taking the same line down these moguls, down these bumps in the snow, ob- objectively, in a sense, the challenge level of challenge is the same. But remember, three steps to flow. The time and the level of skill. Well, my level of skill is way better than my kids. So because of that, I could approach... The time a little bit different than he could, he would have to take a very slow tempo to be able to get into a flow state, okay because his level of skill is much lower for me, I could take a very fast tempo to keep it in a flow state because I worked my way up, my level of skill would be able to process these lumps boom boom lump boom, lump, boom, lump, boom lump, boom, lump boom boom boom, lump, boom, lump. Boom, lump, boom, lump, boom, lump boom 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 right and each of those is maybe me hitting one of those one of those uh moguls and hitting a nice pace and getting in a nice zone right but let's say that my kid is i can't just leave my kid at the top of the mountain he'll never make it down right so i can't just fly down the mountain i have to maintain this slow pace, oh, now we got this other kind of challenge, okay, so here's, my level of challenge is the same, my level of tempo is is uh, now fixed in a sense, I can't go any faster than my kid, but if I just, you know, go down all slow, like he's going to go, I'm going to be bored out of my mind, the time is going to pass infinitely slow, and it's going to pass slow for him, so he's going to be afraid the whole time, right? So our experience of, of the time is going to be not maybe not so optimal. So instead, I get to be creative. Okay, how can I tweak this situation? How can I influence this situation with my conscious mind? Notice, this is taking me conscious thinking right now, which is not in the flow necessarily. So I got to set up these parameters in a way that will allow me to get back into a flow state. So maybe instead of what I do is... Maybe I change the level of challenge. Maybe I'm going to do it on one foot now. Yep, one ski. So I'm going to go nice and slow. The tempo he can handle, but now I'm doing it with only one ski of my own. Now I've just upped the level of challenge for myself. And that would be engaging, perhaps. So I can do right foot lump. Left foot lump. Well oh, I started alternating already. Woo. Right. Foot lump. Left foot lump. Meanwhile, now my kid can maybe he can start to fall into that same tempo. Maybe we can start to synchronize at this tempo. He's using both feet because he doesn't have quite the level of skull knee. But now we found a nice groove. Now we're both in the zone. Now we're both in the flow. Right? And we're in sync. Ooh, with each other too. Ooh, a powerful. You ever see synchronized swimming or people that are coordinated, doing any kind of coordinated events together, ice skating, partners dance, ice skating, dancing, perfectly in sync, right? Isn't that cool? So we can use the thing, we can play with these three elements of time and challenge and skill to find that perfect balance. Where the mind can just go with it and just do the thing and time becomes irrelevant sense of self becomes irrelevant the place can become irrelevant any of it can be if we just get so deeply into the doing of the thing it just becomes automatic it becomes effortless it becomes the most joyful experience in the world almost because you're just so in it you not the ego you at this point the ego you is that's essentially what we're putting on pause. That's essentially what we're moving out of the way or quieting is the ego self at this point, the monkey mind, the chatter mind has to stop because it recognizes like, oh, wait, I better let these higher processing systems and the body do its thing that way, because we need to, we need to focus on this thing. Oh my gosh, what's that? And then the mind does, And there's this perfect silence, in a sense. And when that silence happens, the information, the flow of the thing, of the natural information of the universe, however you want to look at it, can flow through you, and your body becomes just a channel for the creative forces of the universe to express itself through your body, and to the the highest and best extent that you can allow that to happen, it feels amazing, and your awareness in relation to self, that small little ego self, can be expanded into just the beingness of all there is, and or your self, the spectrum, right, we can move in this zone, we can now move through space and time, infinitely fast. Time can cease to exist in this realm because now the body is synced up and doing of the thing, the mind, the true, true I am, the silent observer, the beingness uh, that is you slash the universe slash all there is can exist. And it is an amazing, beautiful experience. And it's there for you to experience, friend. It's You don't need any special license. You don't need anybody to give you permission. It's there for each of us. Anyone can do this. And I believe that everyone should learn to do this and practice it because it can be literally life-changing. And so self, identity with the self can temporarily slip away. Identity with time can slip away. Identity with space can slip away because all those things are in relation to the ego self, the physical body self, that I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm something else, I'm a whatever. All that monkey chatter, self-identity, identifying with all silence and we just are and that is what the flow state is, and that's what it can do for you and how you can experience it in a way that everything else becomes irrelevant. So I hope that gives you some ideas. That is obviously more philosophical, philosophical than hard sciences. Psychology is a study of the mind and the way that it relates to the world and the way that we can look for patterns and tools develop tools and strategies for understanding the way that the mind works and i'm very grateful that there are people in the sciences and in psychology that study this and that are looking to measure these results and quantify these findings for those folks that have that desire to learn it from that angle I think that is an important angle and I think for some of us that's the mind flow angle we like to have data we like to have numbers we like to pour over the numbers and the details and the stats and the figures some for some people that is a mind flow they can get into it They're academic oriented maybe or just like to learn about things and you can enjoy that learning process and it feels good it feels good to learn about it and I would say be sure to apply it in your own life look for ways that you can take these things and apply them into your own experience and if you're maybe reading books on psychology about flow states and next thing you know two hours have passed well gosh you were just in a flow state reading about flow states Pretty cool, huh? It happens. I love learning. I love reading. And I know when I read a good book, what happens? Time and space slip away. I'm no longer me sitting here reading the book. I'm in the book. Or I'm just watching this character. Or I'm learning this new mindset. Or I'm learning this new philosophy or this new skill. Or I'm reading about this other person's experiences. I'm losing sense of self. Because at a certain point, if I'm thinking about myself sitting here reading, that's not very exciting. But as soon as I start reading, I'm living that experience. So, in reading, many of us probably go into flow states much more often than we're aware. But for some of us, if reading's difficult or challenging because we don't do it often or never got good at it, it can be very stressful. And so, we might not be able to get into a flow state. <laughs> So we've covered a lot of territory today here, friend, and I hope that you can see how this can be used to experience more flow in your life and how you can really learn things quicker and more enjoyably by leveraging your level of skill, becoming aware of your level of skill relative to the level of challenge of the thing. and the factor of time, whichever way you choose to use it. These three things, when you perfectly balance them, if you imagine that grid I started to describe and kind of went off on a tangent, but if we added the third axis of time, depth, well, that is the balance that we are seeking, is that perfect balance of space and time and the mind. And the challenge, the doing of the thing, and that is where we find that magical balance state that is the flow state. And we just flow along our merry way in total zen, in nirvana, enlightenment. And I might be using some of these words in a way that other people disagree with, but that's okay. I'm going to flow with it. I'm going to go with it because that is how I understand some of these things is by finding that perfect zone, that perfect flow state. So thank you so much, friend, for reading and for listening. Take care. And until next time, my friend, be flowing.